Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore. This is Faith School. And Faith School is the place where our spirit gets fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. What God intended, He, even though there's so much curse and destruction in the earth, God's plan is for His people to be overcomers. And you know, have you noticed in the scriptures it talks about putting on the whole armor of God and you got the helmet and you got the breastplate and you got the, the shoes and the shield and the sword. And think about it. What if you're all dressed up and nothing to overcome? <laughs> so the Lord left some stuff for us to practice on. <laughs> you got plenty of curse and issues and stuff going on. But remember, every time you encounter something, never is it God's will for you to be overcome and crushed and defeated. Never. God has ordained you and I to be more than conquerors. Overcomers. Somebody say, I'm an overcomer. Uh, what does an overcomer do? Comes over, whatever gets in front of him, right? And he always causes us to triumph. Let's release faith today and pick up where we left off yesterday, continuing our study of this great passage of Scripture we're calling By Faith from Hebrews 11. And uh, not just doing a, a mental, intellectual study of it, but letting the spiritual content of this get in us because faith comes by hearing and we're hearing. Father, in Jesus' name, all of us in the class here and, and, and the broader class all over the world, we are asking and agreeing is touching this, asking for the anointing, asking for the anointing that teaches and, and reveals and reminds and even shows us things to come. We ask for exactly what you know we need right now. Every one of your words feeds our inner man and stirs and feeds our faith and our spirit, giving us peace and joy and every good thing. So we ask for it. By faith, we believe we receive it, and we open our spirits wide to receive it. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you, Lord. Look in the great textbook, Hebrews chapter 10 again today. 1035 says, Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience, that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Now, if everything that you endeavored to believe for happened in a few moments or overnight, language like this would not be necessary, <laughs> right? <laughs> you have need of patience. What does that let you know? That things are not always going to happen overnight, right? Some things not going to happen in a week or two. Some things not going to happen in months. Some things not going to happen in, in a year or two. But... What did he say? You have need of patience when after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. That's why he's saying don't cast away your confidence. You start off confidently 
expecting, you're, you're persuaded of some things, and you're expecting some things, and tomorrow you're still confident and expecting. And if it goes on for six months, you're still confident and expecting. And if it's three years, you're still confident. Is that right? Persuaded and expecting. Why? Because if it was right three years ago, it's still right. If he said it then, it's still true now, right? And, um, you know, with us, a little bit of a time like that seems long, but to the Lord, a thousand years is like a day. So to him, a few years is, is nothing. So we need to see things more in line with how he sees them. Uh, verse 38, he says, Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition or destruction, but we are of those that believe to the saving of the soul. We are not passive. We are not those that give up. We are not quitters. We're not those that are lax or lazy. We are believers, right? We are those that lay hold, that rise up and lay hold and possess. Uh, chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Like we saw in yesterday's study, God's Word translation here says, Faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. Faith has to do with the future and what you confidently expect in the future. And faith has to do with being sure of what you can't see or feel, what you, you can't experience with the senses. And so in verse 2, uh, down through these verses... Uh, there are 40 verses in this great chapter, and most of them have to do with individuals who lived and walked by faith in generations past. But the reason where it's recorded for us is because faith never changes. Uh, they, faith was the same in the Old Covenant as it is in the New Covenant. Uh, God lived and operated by faith before there was an earth before there was any covenants with men or our law, and he'll do that afterwards. Faith predates man <laughs> and in anything along this line, but it is God's way of functioning and operating. When he tells us to live by faith, he's telling us, live like I do. That's how he lives. And it is the greatest way to live. I didn't say it was always easy, but it is the most exciting, it is the most fun, it's the most exhilarating, it's an adventure. <laughs> it's an adventure when you live by faith. And um, when you are in faith, you're excited about something you're expecting. Now, does that sound like a good way to live? Instead of being depressed about something you don't have or something that didn't happen or whatever, you are actually excited with anticipation, expectation of good 
Because, you know, the Lord's, just a few verses later here in verse 6, he said, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must, it's not optional. You have to believe God is. Of course, if you believe he's God, you believe he's all-knowing, all-powerful, he can do anything. But you've got to go beyond that and also believe he is a rewarder of those that diligently or seriously seek him. A reward is something good. Uh, oftentimes I'll ask Phyllis, my wife, I'll say, uh, what are we excited about? <laughs> what are we excited about? Why? Because we don't just need to be idling through life, you know, bored, depressed. That means you're not trying. You are drawing back. You are being passive and lazy spiritually. No, you can't just, you know, wait for somebody to notice you. Wait for God to notice you. Wait for blessings to, to find you and fall on you somehow. No, you got to get up in the morning and you got to get your mouth in gear. Are y'all with me now? Make your mouth do its duty. You got to stir yourself up even when you don't feel like it and say, good things are happening to me today. <laughs> begin to quote some good scriptures and begin to speak them over yourself over your children, over your grandchildren, over everything that's under your, uh, uh, any influence that you have. And not just say them in an empty fashion, but say them with expectation. If you're really persuaded of a good thing in your heart, you've prayed a good prayer, you've made a good confession, you've sown a good seed, and you really believe God heard you, granted your request, a harvest is coming, that puts you in a state of expectation, right? And if it's something good you're expecting, that makes you glad. You're like, oh, it's coming. Ah, it won't be long now, <laughs> right? And when you are, even though things might be bad experientially at the moment, you believe that's all subject to change. I'm coming up. I'm coming out. Do you see what I mean? This is a completely different way of living. Folks might look at you and go, well, you got nothing to be happy about. And you say, well, you're not looking at what I'm looking at. <laughs> they might be looking right here, but why look at this? This already is, right? We, we want this changed. And so one of the ways it's changed is by calling those things that be not as though they were. Now, this is a faith principle. A lot of folks don't understand it, but just because you don't understand it doesn't mean it's not real and it doesn't work. Notice with me, we, we saw on yesterday's class, down in the 20, 21st, 22nd verses of Hebrews 11, it says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. We know this is faith because it has to do with being sure about something in the future and being sure about something you don't see. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning upon the top of his staff. I believe we'll see this as we go further, but um, you and I are called to bless there are numerous times in the scripture we are told to bless. Even when we are cursed 
when people curse us, our response is not to respond in kind. Our response, and your flesh will want to. If somebody curses you, your flesh will want to curse them worse. Right? That's your flesh. If they slap you, what did your flesh want to do? Show them what a real slap is. <laughs> right? I mean, re- respond in kind. But if you do, how are you doing any better than them? You're not. No, you and I are not the children of darkness. We're the children of light. And so when we're cursed out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If a sponge is full of something, when it's pressed, whatever it's full of is going to come out. The sponge is full of water, right? You push on it a little bit, what happens? That water comes out. You and I are not supposed to be full of cursing, bitterness, hatred, darkness. We have the Holy Spirit inside us. The love of God's been shed abroad in our hearts. Uh, all the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. And if we're full of these things and light and life and faith, then when we're pressed, what's going to come out? (laughs) Blessing. (laughs) Is that right? And what if you're pressed real hard? Love. (laughs) Blessing. Is that right? And, and, And it has nothing to do with the person that it's coming towards deserving it or earning it or meriting it. So, well, they don't deserve a blessing. That has nothing to do with it what they deserve or earn, the Lord told you to bless them when they curse you. That's all you need to know. At that point, it didn't have to have anything to do with them. He just told you to do something. This is your response. And so, if this could happen even with somebody who's trying to harass us, oppress us, how much more should it come out concerning our children and our grandchildren? And our families. The Lord intends that we be so full. Full of Him. Full of His Holy Spirit. Full of His Word. Full of His faith. That anytime something comes up. It comes out of us. When we speak. When we act. It comes out of us. And we speak this. And we release these things. Concerning our future. That's what they're doing. Speaking concerning things to come. Now look with me, we mentioned this, but go back to Romans, or over to Romans, the fourth chapter, and this is, uh, this is describing Abraham, whom we've already seen as a great example of faith. Romans 4, verse 17, well, let me back up to verse 16. Romans 4, 16 says, Therefore it is of faith, that it might be by grace, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Because of our faith in Jesus, we are also now, even though we come from all variety of nations and backgrounds, we are also the seed of Abraham the seed of faith. He is uh, the great father of the faith and we walk in the same steps of faith as Abraham, which is why we should study their lives 
and see, you know, where, where our roots are and how they did it. Because like we said, faith is the same. I mean, us to walk in the actual faith itself that we walk in is exactly the same that Abraham and Sarah walked in all those, uh, you know, many, many years ago. He goes on to say, uh, verse 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Now notice, when God told Abram that, he didn't say, I'm going to. He said, I've done it. I have made you the father of many nations. And and before him are like unto him whom he believed, even God, who quickens the dead and calls those things which be not as though they were. Why don't you say that out loud? Calls those things that be not as though they were. Let's say it out loud together. Calls those things that be not as though they were. Now, we'll see this further as we go, but I, I, the Lord gave me this phrase years ago and I keep using it. Blessing begins with a B. <laughs> I'm not just talking about the spelling. Blessing begins with a B, B-E. When God created, how did he do it? Light be. And you'll see when he blessed, he, he says it like this. Be fruitful and multiply. Be, be. Be is a little word, but it's a big thing. Be is when he released his faith. Be this, be that. Now we see that, you know, Isaac... Um, Jacob, Joseph, they spoke concerning the future. And the first two of these, they spoke blessing. And uh, as the Lord allows us, we're going to look at some of those verses, I think. But you'll see that language is used, be. They spoke over their children, be this, be that. And uh, that is so different than the world, ungodly world, which walks by sight which is never going to say, be this or that. It's going to say, why are you? Why are you so annoying? Why why do you get into so much trouble? Why are you so dumb? Why are you so, you know, disrespectful? Why are you? Why are you? That does nothing except affirm and reinforce what is. And there's not going to be any change talking like that, believing like that. And uh, the enemy will actually push people. He'll push parents to say, and they don't even realize what they're saying. And if they realize it later, it'll hurt their hearts that they said that over their children or grandchildren. But they'll get angry and, and they'll say, you're, you're not going to amount to anything if you keep doing this. Well, what they don't realize is they just spoke concerning that child's future. You're not going to amount to anything. That's a prophecy. Did y'all hear this? And if you really believe it, you're releasing spiritual things against them. And why would any parent that loves their child do such a thing if you want them to succeed? Even though they're acting so bad, 
what would you say? You would call those things that be not, right? As though they were. You would call them smart when they act dumb, right? You would call them good kids when they're not acting like good kids. And you would say, even though it does not look like it and feel like it, you would say when it came up in your heart, and you wouldn't have to feel some big anointing or anything. You just know you should say it in your heart. You should say, I don't care what I see. You are going to grow up and you're going to find God and you're going to serve God. Come on, can you see that? You're going to find your place. God's going to help you. You can say that by faith and it not just be a nice, encouraging uh, little pep talk, but actually something that sets spiritual forces in motion for years to come. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Years to come, even generations to come. That's how God functions. And he's called us to learn from him. He said, you know, be, be imitators of God as dear children. Be followers of God. Uh, what did the Bible say? Let the weak one say what? Let the weak say what? Oh, I just feel so bad. I just, I just don't feel like I can put one foot in front of the other. Why would you want to say that? You've already got that. Come on, can you see this, class? Now, I know, you know, people who don't believe the Bible and don't know God, they're scratching their head going, what are you talking about? Spiritual reality. I'm talking about how God does things. If you want something changed, you don't call it like it is. I'm just calling it like it is. Yeah, and that ain't helping nobody. <laughs> what, did, what does God do? If he wants something changed, he calls those things that be not as though they were. Hallelujah. He'll say, be this. And he'll rename it. Hallelujah. And he'll speak over the future of it. Listen to this from uh, the Living Bible, Romans 4.17, the Living Bible. It said, uh, this promise is from God himself who makes the dead live again and speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they were already past. Speaks of future events with as much certainty as though they were already past. Is that what these men did in uh, Hebrews 11? They're speaking about the future. Remember Joseph did that. He, he said, uh, all right, you know, I... I'm soon going to be leaving here and dying, and I know you already have my, my funeral arrangements and all that, but I just want you to know that God is going to deliver all of our descendants out of Egypt, and we're going to be leaving here before too long, and when we do, I don't want you to leave my bones here. I want you to take my bones with you and take us on into the promised land. Well, see, he's talking like it's already happened, and it hadn't happened. And Egypt's the mightiest empire on the earth. There looks like ain't no way, no how, anybody could ever force that to happen. But then they didn't know God. <laughs> After the 
the frogs and the blood and the <laughs> lightning. <laughs> they were glad to get them out of there. <laughs> There's a way with God. But you see, the, the principle is that he was talking about the future, what's happening in the future, with as much certainty as though it had already happened, based on what God told them. No other reason. He's uh, speaking, calling things that be not as though they were. Um, something that's ongoing every day that none of us have too much of, and that is watching our words concerning our future. There's so many mistakes being made in this area. We, let me challenge you to analyze, listen to what you're saying, and when it comes to, has to do with the past experiences, listen to what you're saying about them, whether you're rehearsing them or actually prophesying about the future. If you say, I, you know, if you, you, you had a bad headache and you say, man, I always get these headaches. You are not telling us what happened. You are prophesying. Did you hear the language? I always get. You're not talking about what happened yesterday or last month. You're not talking about what happened last five minutes ago. Did you hear the language? I always get. That's how do you know you always get? You hadn't lived your whole life yet. <laughs> Listen, watch out for this language. Every time we do this, this happens. That's a prophecy. You're prophesying over your future. I always get this. I mean, every time I eat that, it gives me problems. <laughs> well, you have decreed a thing over your future. Every time, you know, I've heard pastors and say, well, every summer, you know, we have a financial slump. Why would you want to say that? Hmm? Every, every summer, you know, people go on vacation and this and that, and the giving goes down. Why do you need to say that? Every summer, we, this happens. Every, you know, well, about this time of the year, you know, it's flu season again. <laughs> every, every year, I just don't know, you know, why it's that way, but every year, seems like one kid will get it, and then all the kids get it. And it, why would you say that? Because you don't believe the Bible. You don't believe that life and death is in the power of the tongue. You don't believe that words matter. You don't believe that the enemy is uh, meticulous about finding, he's legalistic about finding anything you say that he can use against you. And if you said it, then he's, he's arrogant that I got a right. I got a right. They said it. I got a right to bring it to you. Try to put it on you, make it happen. Not us. How about us? <laughs> so, so, say, say it out loud, Lord. Lord set, a set a watch at the door of my mouth. Uh, alert me, lest I speak bad things over my future. 
I purpose to only say good things. Say what you say, and my future will be good. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Well, that's it for today. We'll see you next time in Faith School.